Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesueur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. that we get to celebrate what God's been doing in the lives of Calvin and Sophia and Charity. They've, they've been studying God's Word for a couple of years, um, and we've met in my office. You probably walk by. On, you know, if you come for Sunday school, you walk by, and you look in there, and you see a bunch of, bunch of teenagers, and all, all of them are studying God's Word, just listening to what God has to say. And today, the way we do confirmation at Word of Life is it's an opportunity for each of these students to share with you what God's been doing in and through them and how God has impacted their lives uh, through the study of his word and just what God's been doing. And so we're really excited to get to listen to them. Um, But before they get up, just to give them one more second to breathe, let's say a little prayer that, that God would encourage them, okay? Lord God, Heavenly Father, we just thank you. You are at work. You're, at, you're working in the people who are, who are gathered here. You're working in the people who are joining us in our online campus. I know that you're working over in our New Pray campus. And we're just blessed to be a part of what you're doing. And Lord, I'm super excited. I'm excited for Calvin and Sophia and Charity as they have the opportunity to share with everybody how you have been impacting their lives. And I know, Lord God, because your word has power and that it's effective, that through their testimony, other people's lives will be impacted through the power of your word. So I pray, Lord God, that you will pour out your Holy Spirit upon them. They are believing in you. That you would encourage them and strengthen them as they share your word that you would remind them every step of the way that they are your children by grace through faith. Pray, Lord God, that you give them courage as they speak and give us ears to hear as they share. We love you, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, Calvin, you're up. He was crucified on a cross for our sins so we can be forgiven. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John chapter 3, verse 16. Even when we are dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Sophia, when I was younger, I used to think praying or going to church was a chore, like when your parents made you wash the dishes or fold the laundry. I used to think that it took so much time out of my day just to listen to someone speak about God. As I got older, I started praying more and asking God for help when I felt I truly needed him, but I still didn't feel like he was having a big impact on my life. When I was about eight, I broke my arm falling off the high bar. I was at a summer camp at the time, so I had to sit there waiting for my mom to come pick me up. Let me tell you, we had a really long day. We were there for at least seven hours because we went to urgent care first, got x-rays, and they told us we had to go to the orthopedic and fracture center because they couldn't do anything else. So when we finally got home after hours of waiting at the doctors to get a cast and x-rays, I ate dinner and went to bed. That night, I laid in bed wondering why. The doctors told me I had six weeks in a cast. I prayed to God, hoping that my arm could heal and I could start doing gymnastics again. And it turns out that praying helped because my arm was healed by five weeks and I could start doing gymnastics again. I then learned that praying doesn't have to be a chore and that it's actually nice to know that God is listening to whatever I say. In the past year, I started showing up to church more and praying every day no matter what time it is or where I am. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 through 45, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and unjust. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, it tells us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So basically, God is telling us that when someone does something wrong or is rude to you, he's telling us to love them? Odd, right? Not really, because even if someone is rude or does something you don't like, God is telling us to love them because God knows them better than we do. And if we just go and judge them based on their actions, that's not what God wants us to do. And we should really just love everyone, even if we don't like them or don't even know them yet. That's why God tells us to love our enemies. He also tells us to pray for those who persecuted us because he's telling us those who persecuted us should be prayed for because they might have said or done something wrong to you or others. I used to think that people who went to jail were evil, or the people who were mean to me were evil. They really aren't. Those are the kinds of people God is telling us to pray for, and they are still God's children and need to be loved, just like he said we should do with our enemies. So he wants us to pray for those who wronged us or others. Yes, because he loves all of us equally, no matter what. So he wants us to pray for them to help them find a new way. So when we pray, God wants us to pray for not just ourselves, but for the people you love most, the people you dislike the most, or even the people you haven't even met, because everybody needs to be prayed for. That's what God wants us to do. So the next time you pray, make sure you pray for those who have wronged you, or the people around you, or even the people you think need the most prayers. The verse I chose is, I am the bread of life. 
Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. John 6:35. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, Jesus said, pray like this. Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Why is Jesus teaching us to ask God to give us daily bread when we pray? What does daily bread mean? Why do we need daily bread? We eat bread daily to nourish our body. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, what we are really doing is asking God to give us everything we need today. I did not talk about this lesson because I love food, but I do love to bake. I once attempted to make bread without using a recipe. I added flour, eggs, yeast, and some water. I let it rise and then put it in the oven. It was a flop. My mom said it was great, but it was written all over her face. It was terrible. <laughs> Just how I tried to make bread by not opening the cookbook, people tend to live life by guessing their way through it and living how they want to. But we need to open the Bible and listen to God and his life and salvation plan. Give us this day our daily bread is not just about physical food. A person can survive on bread and water for approximately six months, according to Google. Physically, we need to eat every day because if we do not, we eventually starve to death and die. Not only does America like food, but so did the people in Jesus' time. He fed the 5,000 in the wilderness and said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven, and whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. John 6:58. We need to be fed by God's word every day. Spiritually, what we really need can only be given by God. Our deepest need is hunger that only God can fill. Jesus is who we really are, who we really need. He is the bread of life. Jesus is the one who makes us alive. After confirmation, we will celebrate with food, friends, and family. God gives us his daily bread. We will never be hungry or thirsty when we are believing in Jesus. Oh, you guys thought I forgot, didn't you? you know, but I stashed them over here on the side. I'm going to ask you guys to come and join me up on stage. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> they thought they were done. All right, it is our privilege um, to give you guys uh, a brand new Bible. And I've underlined a couple of verses in here. Calvin, I, I under, underlined Ephesians 2, 5 for you, but I've also underlined uh, a, a special verse out of Micah. And I thought, uh, I think that uh, this will be encouraging to you. It's Micah 6, 8. If you're ever wondering what, what God really wants for your life, you get to go back to this verse. He has told you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. What does God really want for your life? He wants a relationship with you. And I know that you're believing in Jesus. And so my hope, my prayer is that, uh, that God's word will continue to lead you. All right, Sophia. Actually, if you bump down to the end, then I can uh, give one to Sophia. I underlined um, your verse, Matthew 5.44, and I've also underlined some verses from Ephesians. All right. Ephesians 
And I didn't even put my marker in there. All right. From Ephesians chapter 1. To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. I've told you countless times that your name means wisdom. The wisdom of God. Yeah, the wisdom of almighty God chose you forgives you, loves you. That's what he gives to you. All right, Charity. I, uh, I underlined John 6.35 for you, but I also underlined Colossians 3.12 to 14. Let's see if I did it this time. No, I didn't. Colossians 3... 12 to 16, reading in Jesus' name. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, that's you. God chose you. You are holy. You are loved. Put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. In multiple translations, where it says put on love, it's usually translated or often translated charity, because right at the root of your name is actually love. So you can interchange love and charity as you're reading. And so my hope is that you put on love just as they have given you your name. Hey, let's give a big, huge thank you to them. And you guys can grab a seat. Let's see. That's for you. And that's for you. And that's for you. Thank you. God bless you guys. Well, as they have been... Uh, teaching us, it is a privilege to have an opportunity to uh, to receive communion today. If you didn't, uh, if you didn't receive communion, there's some communion uh, in those bowls on the way in, and um, it's a great opportunity. For our confirmation students to get to celebrate communion with us. I'm so uh, excited to celebrate communion together. The reason why, we're celebrate, why we get excited about celebrating communion together is because this is a meal for believers in Jesus Christ. And, I, and I've had the privilege to hang out with Charity and Sophia and Calvin. They're believing in Jesus Christ. And so this is a meal for believers. If, you, uh, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're, if you're believing in him, then, then this is for you. If you're not quite sure where you're at with Jesus, or if you're believing in him, then I'd encourage you just to, just to wait and observe and take a look. 
And if, you are, uh, if you're a young person, uh, I would say, hey, um, if you go through confirmation, you can get, learn about you know, communion before you receive it, or talk to your mom and talk to me. And if you're saying, hey, I really want to receive communion, I'm believing in Jesus, and, and we can talk about it. But communion is for believers in Jesus Christ. It's kind of like this appetizer, this promise. You see, because Jesus gives us his holy body and blood, and he makes this promise that for every single one of us who believes, he's going to bring us home to him. And this is just like the little, little amuse-bouche, this little taste of Jesus until we get to heaven to celebrate the feast of the Lamb. And God's been preparing this feast, this big, huge table for all believers. And this is just a taste. This is just a taste. So, as we celebrate communion, we remember our Lord's suffering and death for us on the cross. So, let's hear the word of the Lord. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insult at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since we are under the same sentence? We are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Best news ever. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, that's from about noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi! Lama Thabakhtani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Later, knowing that all was now finished, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, and they soaked a sponge in it, and they put the sponge on the sock of a hyssop plant, and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Hear the gracious invitation of our Lord. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Not just a nap. I get it. I love taking a nap on Sunday. 
But when, when, God, when Jesus is saying, come to me, all of you who are tired and, and just feel like you're carrying this heavy load, he's not talking about taking a nap. He's talking about resting from your work and resting in Christ. That Jesus is giving you everything we need for today. And he's not just talking about bread. When we're praying for like everything we need, he's talking about forgiveness. Jesus wants to take those burdens, whether it's the sin you've been hanging on to or the past that you've been carrying around. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest because he will take those burdens. He will take your sins and give you forgiveness. First John, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, as we confess our sins, as we admit to God, we really messed up. He promises to wash us completely clean. Every single sin, even the sin that you have trouble forgiving yourself for, he washes us clean from that. Let's spend a few moments in confession. We confess our sins to the Lord and receive what He wants to give us, depending upon Him and what He's done for us. Let's pray. Lord God and Heavenly Father, you're awesome. seated on throne in heaven, and you are worshiped all the time as angelic beings shout your praises. We are honored to join in worship, to sing our God, our Savior. And in all of your greatness, you choose to love us. You loved us so much that you sent your Son to be our Savior and we cannot thank you enough. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for us so that we could be forgiven. Lord, we're sorry. We admit it. We confess our sins to you. We've sinned against you on our minds. We've thought stuff that is just not right. And most of the time, Lord, we just think about ourselves and what's best for us and what we want. And we confess that we're not thinking your thoughts and your ways. We confess to you that, that we've sinned against you with our mouths. The same mouth that says, I love you, Mom, and I love you, God, says some pretty awful and hurtful things to others. The words that come out of our mouth have not all glorified you. And all too often, even the words that come out of our mouth are focused on us and what's best for us and what we need and what we deserve. And we confess to you, Lord, that we sin against you in our actions, that what we do is not your way. 
we hear your word and we know what's best and yet still we don't do the good that, that we want to do. We do something else and we sin against you. And Lord, there's those sins that we just kind of carry around with us. Or the sins that we just keep doing. We think that we, we don't want to do it anymore and we think we're strong enough, but then we do it again and we just confess to you, Lord, that we can't do it on our own. We ask you for forgiveness. We ask you to remove the burden of our sin. Will you please, as you promised, wash us clean and continue to give us grace and faith every day. That's what we really need. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. You've confessed your sin. We've confessed our sin together. Let's confess our faith together too. Would you stand with me? Let's confess our faith as it's expressed in the Apostles' Creed. It's okay if you don't know it. Words are right up here. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and he's seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, I believe in the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. A little explanation as we uh, get ready for communion. There's two compartments, the, the bread on one side and the, the cup on the other, and we're going to receive the bread first, okay? And you just peel it back, okay? The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a participation in the blood of Christ and, and the bread that we break is it not the participation in the body of Christ for we being many are one bread and one body because we all partake of that one bread and so this is part of that unity that brings us together that Jesus brings us together in Christ Jesus this is the body of our Lord Jesus Christ This is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ shed for you. You are forgiven. 
our crucified and risen Lord Jesus Christ has now given you his holy body and blood through which he has made full satisfaction for all of your sins. May he strengthen and preserve you in true faith unto everlasting life. I say that every, every time we receive communion. And, um, and I just, I want to remind you, Jesus is giving himself to you. Jesus is giving you himself. He's giving you forgiveness. And he's the one who gives you faith. The faith to believe in him. He's the one who gives you grace. It's a gift. And it's all for you because he loves you. Let's pray and give thanks to the Lord. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life for us in our place. Thank you for taking all of our sins upon yourself and you died for our sins so that we could be completely washed clean and forgiven. And we can't thank you enough. It's all about you, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your name. Lord Jesus, our Savior, amen. Yes, I am going to do the Lord's Prayer. Good job. You pray the Lord's Prayer with us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.